everyone, and welcome to Minute 99 of Season 3 of Movie World Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today is David Brooke of Blueprint Review. Welcome back, David. Hello, hello, hello. Ready for, I think we're out of the glass now, <laughs> so we're ready to see where <laughs> we're heading next. Well, we're going we're gonna to be talking about uh, diplomacy. How's that? Does that work with you? <laughs> Sounds good. The last resort of diplomacy. So um, we actually have a great cut between yesterday's minute and today's minute because today's minute starts a completely different segment, completely different scene with characters we haven't seen in a while. So we, we go back to the um, – the, the, so minute 99 begins with Hasseldorf giving his analysis and ends – with John finding a unique way to enter a room. <laughs> so again, we're we're back with Hasseldorf, who is the uh, Channel 4's uh, expert on uh, you know terrorism and hostages and uh, you know the uh, Helsinki syndrome and all that stuff <laughs> that that we talked about uh, uh, last week or two weeks ago. I don't even remember when that was. And you know the 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 way that they 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 film this is great because we catch him mid-sentence. He goes, is the last resort of diplomacy. Then couldn't we just as well say that terrorism has an equal claim on being that too? So, <laughs> you know, just hearing the the way that it's cut here doesn't make much sense because we don't really know what he's trying to say. It, it just sounds like a lot of gibberish the way that it is. When we get to the script, I'll actually read to you what it's supposed to be there and it makes a little more sense, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there at the end of uh, today's episode, you know? So Hasseldorf then continues his analysis of the situation. And I, I love how you have like two TV screens there that he's being shown on at the same time. We get double vision, double, double Hasseldorf, you know, that type of thing. And then, you know, as we're, we're watching the screen, there's the, the screen gets obscured by a, you know, like a, a a file that's or an envelope or something. Actually, it looks like a file that's being in the, the screen then pans up and we see a young woman there and she smiles and then the shot changes and we get to see our good friend Thornburg. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's both surprised and excited all at once because he says to her, you got something. Tell me you got something. And she looks back and says to him, just McLean's name, badge number, employment record, vital statistics, and his family's home address right here in L.A. So, I mean, we've talked about this a lot over the course of, of, of this whole show. The fact that, you know, if this was being made today, things would just be so much simpler. You know, getting all of this information, you know, they just have to, you know, go onto Google and do a quick uh, search, and they probably will find it pretty quickly. You know all this information, but for me, the funny, the 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 thing that stands out in in all of these items that she says she has. What's the first thing that she says to him? What's the first thing she has of him? His name. His name. Oh yeah. They already know his name. <laughs> so what is oh, you yeah. know what is what type of new information is she bringing here? You know. <laughs> 
you know, we have his name. Okay, his badge number is, mm-hmm. is something that, that's helpful. His employment record is helpful. His vital statistics are helpful. His family's home address in LA, which is interesting that they were able to still find it. You know, they had to probably do a little more digging for that. Um, because again, you know, it's, it's, you know, who knows if, they, I mean, we know they're not divorced. So the question is, is, you know, where is it mentioned in his file, you know, that his wife and kids now live in LA at uh, 24 Sycamore Avenue or wherever it is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, today on Google, it would be simpler to try to find someone's location that way. Mm. I remember that, that, uh, you know, they, they, they probably still have it, but I haven't seen it in years, but like 15 or 20 years ago, I remember going to a website where you can basically type in any address and it'll give you a picture of the, that building, you know, and you can see, maybe it was even a Google maps where you just see like, you know, they have a shot of, well, yeah, you, you can know. do that on Google maps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the type of thing, but, but, but back then, you know, 34 years ago, mm. they, they couldn't do these things. So they could find would... the phone book. <laughs> no, but if they, but once again, if they went in the phone book, they would find Holly Gennaro. They wouldn't find Holly McQueen. Yeah. You know, because she would she true, would want true, people true. to be able to find her as Holly Gennaro. Mm-hmm. So they they wouldn't find that. So so that means they must have gotten it from New York. It must be somewhere in his file. You know, maybe maybe he put in an order that uh, you know he wants half of his salary to be forwarded you know, in a check to, to this address, you know, maybe, yeah. you know, that, that's the only plausible thing that I could think of because normally it just wouldn't be listed in anyone's employment record, you know, that estranged wife lives, you know, in LA, here's the address, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Mm. I don't know. seems a little strange, so but again, been, the they, name, well, they, could, they might have just been digging at the police, he found his police station and spoken to someone there and got the address that way. Maybe. But, right. Could be too. But then again, but no, but think about it. You know, if, if, if someone were to call you up and say, David, okay, uh, someone that you work with, what's their home address? The odds yeah. are you don't know the yeah. answer to that. No. <laughs> you might have to Google oh, the it. Oh, you wouldn't give it to them. I guess the police. <laughs> that's true the police. also. Especially, that's right. A reporter calls up the police and says, yeah, um, do you know John McClain? Uh, do, do you know his wife's address in L.A.? <laughs> So yeah, I, but maybe maybe nowadays people are more suspicious than they than they were 34 years ago. You know, maybe back then they they would give up that information a lot quicker. So oh, yeah. you want the address? Yeah. Sure, it's uh, 24 Sycamore Lane. You know, that type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, again, I'm still. I guess the only thing about name that could make sense is maybe they have his full name. You know, by saying oh, his yeah, name yeah, is true. is John Francis McLean. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, they they haven't mentioned in this movie uh, what his full full name is. They might maybe in the future movies they mention his full name. That I don't know, but mm. you know that that's the only thing that would make sense. But but again, who cares? You know, who cares what his middle name is? Yeah, yeah. they already know who he is. They know that he's John McClane. Yeah, you know that type of thing. And you know, at this point, we we see that Thornburg just says, "Whoa!" He's like speechless which is uh, very uncommon for, for him, you know, to, to use the Seinfeld uh, line, he is without, he is speechless. I'm speechless. I'm without speech, you know, mm-hmm. and he's someone who, who likes to talk. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? And I mean, he's a reporter. It's a good thing that he likes to talk. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I guess it goes with the job. 
And then the, the shot changes and we hear an elevator ding. <laughs> and what well, of many, yes. They, they they like to use that 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 as a a tone to, to inform us of things. Mm. You know, that, that an elevator is coming mostly, I guess. <laughs> and you know, first we get a shot of Eddie, you know, standing on guard. And then the camera pivots a little bit and we see that Uli is there with him. You know, uh, Al Leong, as we, we mentioned earlier this week, that he's there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we see Colonel and Hans come out of the, the elevator and they, they walk towards them. And my first question is, okay, what are Eddie and Uli thinking at this point? You know, they had four guys go up and two come down. Mm-hmm. You know, are they getting concerned? You know, like, what's going on here? <laughs> Most of the people we're working with are dead. <laughs> Probably realize they're in the wrong job. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. all they're thinking there's uh, more more money for us to, when they share it out. <laughs> That's true also. There's larger shares for each of us. That's true. true. Right, because, I mean, how many how many are left there? You, we have Hans, we have Carl, we have Uli, we have um, Eddie. We have Computer Theo. Guy. I'm rubbish with the names. Theo yeah. and Christoph. Those are the, so we have six left. So that means seven seven are dead. Okay, we had uh, Tony, and then we had Marco, who you know Tony Tony was was killed by John when when they fell down the the flight of stairs. Then he had Marco who was who was shot when he was on top of the table. Oh, sorry, Heinrich died before that. First we had Heinrich who who showed up at the door and got shot. Then we had uh, Marco, who gets shot up and then thrown out the window. Then after that, we had um, James and Alexander. Both of them were blown up by the, uh, you know, by the explosion when when he throws the chair down the elevator shaft. And then the last two were the ones that that died earlier this week. We had uh, Fritz and then uh, Franco. So that's seven dead, and we have six left. So we've we've passed the halfway mark of. Uh, of of dead terrorists or dead thieves. So double their money. <laughs> That's right. That's very true. They've they've well John has doubled their money. They didn't do it on their own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um no but but it makes you wonder what is going through their minds. It mm. also means that there's nobody downstairs guarding. Because if you have Eddie and Uli here, the two of them originally were down in the lobby. They're now up on the thirtieth mm. floor. So what is stopping anyone from trying to come in from the lobby, mm. especially since the glass has been shattered there, you know maybe yeah. just the fact that I don't know. I mean the elevators, they 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 have control of the elevators, but they don't have control of the stairway unless they they locked it. But even if you lock the stairway, you know I'm sure the police can find a way to get in. Mm. That's what I would think. Mm. Hmm. They have those guys on the outside, but they have to run to get to the outside, don't they? So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's quite a mission for just <laughs> six guys to totally man a huge skyscraper yeah so hmm. yeah and then hans you know walks over towards towards uh the direction of both uh, eddie and, and uli and he throws the the bag to uli and says go to work and he goes got it and then he, he takes it and starts uh walking walking away and then the, the shot changes and we get to see holly and Ginny. Who are crouched on the ground? You can see that that Ginny is lying down on a couch. You know they asked her earlier to bring out a couch for her, so they they did that, and she's you know lying there to make sure that she doesn't uh, give birth in the middle of uh, 
a New Year's Eve uh, terrorist party. And um, you know, the, the two of them see that Carl is still completely fuming. And he, he like takes his gun and destroys something on the side. Do, do, do you have any idea what that is that he's destroying? It looks like a mini, like a tray of drinks. I mean, this looks looks like there's drinks on there. Right, but like a table of you, drinks or like a mini bar, or something. Not, not a mini bar, like a little thing. But it makes you wonder what what that would be doing in the middle of like this this lobby area. You know, this is like a mm. uh, I don't know. I, I I was thinking maybe it's like well the, they, were, they had their party out there, didn't they? That was, yeah, they were, they were partying there. It'll just be leftover drinks, I guess. Yeah, the lifter drinks are just on top of it. No, but my my question is like, what's that table there for? You know, it's probably not meant for, you know, for holding drinks. It might be used for holding drinks at this point because because of the fact that they had a party. But you know, the mm. the original use of it, I think, is something. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it just it doesn't really make sense. It looks also somewhat like a podium. Yeah, I was, gonna say, I was about to say it looks like a le- lectern or something like that. Yeah, but it's yeah. but it's straight. It doesn't have like a you know it, it's not it doesn't have like an angled top so that you could put pages there and you know look no. at them from an angle. Yeah, so I don't know. Not yeah. really, not really sure what that is. You know, I was thinking maybe it's a bar or maybe it's a lectern, as you said, or something like that. And then Ginny uh, Ginny says to 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 Holly, she goes, "God, that man looks really pissed." Which she's pretty much stating the obvious to us. You know, we can see that too. <laughs> yeah. And then Holly goes, he's still alive. She Then Ginny goes, what? Only John can drive somebody that crazy. So, <laughs> it's, you know, it, first of all, I like the fact that it shows that Holly still has some hope in John, despite the fact mm. that they are estranged. You know, but, but at this, she's only... She's only concerned at this point whether John's still alive or not. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, they've been there for hours. I mean, literally hours. I mean, the the sunset at five. Let's say that the terrorists started their plot at six six thirty. You know, we had uh, a few weeks ago. We talked about the that it was the ten o'clock news. So my assumption is it's past midnight. So this is they've been they've been hostages for probably about six hours at this point. You know, and you know, she with with Ellis a few weeks ago. There was the whole comment that you know, where are you going? And I'm I'm gonna you know I'm I'm tired of waiting to see who's gonna get us killed first, uh, your husband or them, you know that type of thing. And that was the last we really saw of Holly. We haven't seen her since then. Uh, well, after mm-hmm. we saw her when when Ellis was was shot, and then they you know they they uh, you know Hans cut to her had, reaction something right exactly. Hans is holding up the the radio for for John to listen or whatever, you know. And so it it is nice to see that she still has hope and faith in John about everything. Yeah. And she also at the same time acknowledges John's qualities, both his good and bad qualities. You know, the fact that only John can make someone that angry. You know, it, she must be talking from personal backhanded experience. compliment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a very backhanded compliment. Um, but she it, she it goes back to what I mentioned at the yesterday's episode as well about um, uh, less about Holly, but I mean showing uh, Carl's reaction uh, again. It's going to sh- like fleshing out very minor characters by having him smash the glass up. It's yeah. uh, 
again, it kind of adds a bit more depth to his character. Yeah, which we saw him a few weeks ago with uh, Turnover a Desk. You know, he's yeah, he's yeah. got a he actually he we should send him to to one of those break rooms. You know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> actually, he doesn't need it. He's got Nakatomi. <laughs> he can break whatever he wants there for free. He doesn't have to pay for thirty minutes to do it. You know. Uh, <laughs> and so you know the, the the fact that she's she's shocked that John is still alive and you know is able to fend them off. Again, I don't know what that says about her her faith in in his abilities because she's shocked about it. It's not as if she says, "Oh, well, I know John. He's a great cop. He's he'll he'll figure out a way of of saving us, and he'll figure out." She she's not looking at it from that perspective. She's like, "Oh my God, I can't believe he's still alive." <laughs> you know, maybe she was hoping that this would be you know she doesn't have to worry about a divorce if he gets killed. Solve the relationship problem. There you go. <laughs> it it solves the problem of, of you know whether he's sleeping in the guest room tonight or not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She does have that little smile, though. You do get the idea that she's kind of uh, a. Look at her face, I guess. At the end, of that she's kind of got a bit of awe in there. She's got a. Yeah. She's turning. She's turning back towards the John. I think at this moment. Well, you know, but maybe yeah, she, but I know what you mean. There is that. There is definitely that element of surprise. Though. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe she's uh, starting to be affected by Helsinki syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and starting to think, oh well, maybe 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 I can fall in love with John again. I don't know. <laughs> and then the last two seconds of this minute just shows John backing his way into a, into some room. You know, we're not a hundred percent sure where this is a tiled room that has some really strange marks on the wall, stuff like that. It it looks like it's mm. probably maybe still in, partially in construction or whatever it is. You know, and we, we, we see him that he's like scooching backwards on his on his back, you know, by pushing things forward from from his back. And then he he lies down and like looks up at the ceiling. And that's pretty much how this minute ends. You know, it definitely is a very unique way of entering a room. There, there's no question about that. So is there anything else you want to say about, yeah. about this minute before we uh, get into the script again? Oh no, no, I think I think I'm good with that one. Okay, all right. So the the script, as I, as I teased earlier, so it, it the script will give us the entire Hasseldorf uh, uh, speech. It says it all depends what we mean by terror. If Clausewitz could say war is the last resort of diplomacy, couldn't we just as well say that terrorism has an equal claim to it? So it actually makes more sense when you read the whole quote as opposed to what he just says in the movie, where we just hear the second half of it. Mm. You know, the the idea that, okay, if, if war is the last resort to diplomacy, so basically, can you compare, can you substitute the term terrorism with war? Because terrorism is is a, another whole level, you know, beyond war. That type of thing. And then it says, uh, Mary comes inside the TV trailer, grinning, grinning ear to ear. Thornbird looks up from his Danish, a cute little chin neck and protecting his shirt collar. Thornbird says to her, you got something? And then she mentions the same things about, uh, you know, all the different information that, that she found. And then we go back to the hostage area. And it says, Eddie and Uli are guarding the hostages. Hans and Carl return. Han tosses the bag of detonators to Uli, who grins and then leaves. So there's there's no discussion between them. That, that wasn't in the original script. And then 
Holly, watch, Holly has watched all this nervously, but Ginny's eyes follow Carl, who doesn't share the mood of the others. That one looks really pissed, Miss Gennaro. Thank God he's still alive. And then it says, the door jars open. McLean all but crawls inside. So, again, I like the way they do this. It's, it, uh, you know, it, it gives a good uh, description of what it is that they, they filmed. You know, and, and the film expands a little bit on it, which which works awesome. So I, I like that. It's weird that she says the Miss Gennaro bit in there rather than just that guy looks really pissed. Kind of, uh, I guess it's uh, reconfirming her superiority or whatever, but it's, uh, it's a bit of an odd. Well, she's, she's her <laughs> secretary. Seem like something someone would say in that situation. But she's her secretary, so maybe she's just used to calling her Miss Gennaro all the time. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Yeah, true. Right. Okay. Um, so every Thursday we have a, a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guest will give a uh, story misadventure uh, of something that that happened along, you know, during their life on the uh, somehow related to holidays. So, David, you got another story for us? Yeah, this one's a bit weak, but I'll go for it anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, I'm gonna go, have go for an Easter, an Easter memory. Um, so I, I've got two young uh, daughters, um, and this was not this Easter, but I think the Easter before. Uh, well, it's, it's during lockdown, I guess. Um, and um, we we tr- we try to make Easter morning quite special. We'll we'll, we'll we'll what we do. We like most people, like a lot of people, we do like a bit of an Easter egg hunt. Um, but what what we did that year and was kind of partly through my my wife is she she's a keen she's keen on orienteering um which is when you use maps to kind of uh it's kind of a, a race but with maps so you've got to find certain control points that are hidden around and you and um so uh, my wife actually made a map for the girls and we um uh of of where kind of a big kind of egg package was and we uh, there was there was like a a, a, a giant package with uh, with some kind of the bigger Easter eggs and things like that in there, all wrapped up with a bow and all this kind of stuff, and it was hidden. And this map showed us where it were, where it was. And what we did was chopped up the map into small pieces, and then hid those small pieces in like little mini eggs. And we put those around the other garden on the other side. We got two sides. We got a garden at the front and at the back. And so in the back garden, we had these little um, little eggs hidden around, which had bits of map in. And the girls had to go and find these bits of map and figure out that it was a map, piece it together. So it's a really cool uh, kind of little um, fun kind of thing to do on Easter morning. That's a great idea. And uh, yeah, and it all went, yeah, it all went really well. It was really nice and fun. <laughs> but the only, the only thing that kind of spoiled it slightly uh, was uh, we they finally they finally found the big parcel in the other garage in the, the other garden side of the garage, and uh, with um, with the map. Untied the bow for this big package full of Easter eggs, and when he opened it up, there was the biggest spider right on top because it had been hidden in our kind of bush in our garden. There was this massive spider on top, and our girls and myself, I won't lie, are terrified of spiders and just like ran screaming. Like, ah. Once again, so once again, we're hearing stories of David running. Easter. We're hearing stories of David running the opposite direction <laughs> while his family needs to fend for themselves. Running and screaming. I'm not casting myself in a, in a good light uh, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yes, it was left for my uh, 
loving wife to dispose of the spider. Um, she mainly, I think, uh, shooed it away. No, no squashing involved. I would have squashed it. Oh, like, and uh, yeah, and Easter went on as normal. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a nice, nice little moment. <laughs> Great. So you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. So I write uh, film reviews over at BlueprintReview.co.uk uh, along with uh, my fellow writers. Uh, so yeah, check it out. All right. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie or a minute. You can find me on Twitter and you can find me on Facebook. So, David, you feel like come back tomorrow to, to, to hit our 100th episode of this season? Oh, wow. Nice. What a, uh, yes, definitely. It'd be the uh, special. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, we got some we got some fun stuff to talk about tomorrow. So uh uh until tomorrow, yippee ki yippee ki